0: Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Good Friday, everyone. Friday the 13th. What a day for that to happen. Hi, I'm Brian Wilmer. This is Locked on ACC. I am from FBSchedules.com, NCAAhoopsdigest.com. Glad you joined us today on a somewhat unceremonious occasion. We'll get to that in just a second. However, if you want to follow us on Twitter, please do so at LockedOnACC. Also, email us LockedOnACC at gmail.com. You can follow me specifically on Twitter if you'd like. I am at Sports Matters. By now, everybody knows the news that came out yesterday. Uh, We found out shortly after the podcast went live, actually, that there would be no ACC men's basketball tournament for the remainder of it. We then found out late yesterday there would be No NCAA basketball tournament, which sucks for a number of reasons, but we don't want this to be a downer. We want this program to be a fun zone, so we're going to make it one, whether you like it or not. So in the interest of fun, I want to invite all of you to take a trip. No, this won't require you're getting a mask or any kind of immunization or anything like that. I want you to hop in this comfy little time capsule I've created. It's nice, it's warm, it's disease-free, and it's got plenty of seats for you. Join me, won't you, as we hop in and take a journey. Ah, yes. Back to the year of 1990. 30 years ago this year. We're going to take you through... The ACC Tournament and the NCAA Tournament of 1990. Since we don't have an ACC Tournament or an NCAA Tournament this year, that shouldn't let you be stopped from enjoying a tournament, should it? But before we get there, let's take you through some of the big things that happened in 1990 as we look back to 30 years ago this year. In February of the year in which we now find ourselves smoking... Banned on all cross-country flights in the United States. Think about that. When you hop on a plane these days, you sit down and you look up above you and you see those little lights that are there. They have the fasten your seatbelt sign. They have the no smoking sign. They tell you in the training videos before you take off that no smoking is allowed in aircraft lavatories. Just think that before February of 1990, you could smoke on a plane. February 11th, Nelson Mandela released from Victor Verster Prison in South Africa after being imprisoned for 27 years. April 14th, Michael Milken, the junk bond guy, pled guilty to fraud charges, agreed to pay $500 million in restitution, sentenced to 10 years in jail later in the year, and this year, pardoned. June 13th, the Berlin Wall... Officially starts to come down. Yes, kids, there used to be a Berlin Wall. you remember that. Maybe. July 8th, West Germany. Again, yes, there used to be a West Germany. They beat Argentina 1-0. They won the 1990 FIFA World Cup. In October, Tim Berners-Lee began working on what? Does that name ring a bell with any of you? Tim Berners-Lee. I'll give you a hint, because of him, you are able to listen to this show. Yes, Tim Berners-Lee began working on the World Wide Web in October of 1990. November 19th through 21st, Canadian leaders, U.S. leaders, and 32 European state leaders met in Paris and ended the Cold War. May 24th of this year, now that we are Fully transported to 1990. Joey Logano, born. Damian Lillard. Dame time was July 15th of 1990. And John Wall, born September 6th. Also in March 4th of this year, Hank Gathers passes. Hank Gathers, the Loyola Marymount star. You'll recall Bo Kimble, his teammate, shot his first free throw of each game with his left hand. To honor Hank Gathers. If you've not seen that documentary. It's one of the finest things ESPN does. You're not going to have any basketball or any sports to watch for a while. So you might as well go find the 30 for 30. On Hank Gathers. And watch that. Outstanding. Outstanding programming. The ACC in 1990. Looked like this. There were eight teams. In the ACC in 1990, believe it or not. Your league winner in 1990, the Clemson Tigers. Won the regular season. They were 10-4 in the ACC. 25-9 overall for Clemson. Duke finished right behind them, 9-5. 29-9. Georgia Tech finished third. They were 8-6, 28-7. North Carolina, 8-6, 21-13, and, and, and Virginia, 6-8, 20-12. Those five teams made the NCAA tournament in 1990. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. The other three teams, NC State, went 6-8, and 18-12 eight, were the Wolfpack. Maryland went 6-8, and 19-14, Maryland went to the NIT that year, and Wake Forest, Finished at the bottom of the league. They were 3-11 and in the ACC and 12-16 and overall. The ACC tournament that year played in the now defunct Charlotte Coliseum over off of Tyvola, which is now a business park. We'll tell you about that tournament in just a second. But first, the all-ACC teams from that year. The first-team all-ACC squad, two Clemson players, two Georgia Tech players, and a who? Forwards Eldon Campbell and Dale Davis of Clemson made the all-ACC team. Campbell a senior, Davis a junior that year. And if you ask anybody who was in Little John Coliseum that year, you'll remember Dale Davis primarily for the introduction before every game, the starting lineup, the Dale Davis, Kenny Anderson of Georgia Tech, a freshman guard on that all ACC first team, Bryant Stith of Virginia, a sophomore guard. Bryant Stith later went on to sport one of the most legendary beards I've seen as an Old Dominion assistant. Great guy, by the way. And Dennis Scott of Georgia Tech, the future Orlando Magic player, a junior forward on the all ACC first team. Second team, Tony Massenberg of Maryland. Phil Henderson of Duke, Massenburg a forward, Henderson a guard, guard Brian Oliver of Georgia Tech, Christian Leitner on that second team, only a sophomore at that point, and Rodney Monroe of NC State, a junior guard on the second team, and then the third team, Dukes Ala Abdel Nabi, a senior forward, Gerard Mustaf of Maryland, sophomore forward, John Crotty, the junior Virginia guard, Rick Fox of North Carolina, the junior forward, and, Chris Corciani of NC State, the junior point guard, your all-ACC team. So now that we've set you up, we've kind of put you into 1990, we'll take the first break of the program. We'll come back, take you through the ACC tournament and the NCAAs for those five teams that made it. You're listening to Locked on ACC. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Locked on ACC, March 13th, 2020, or as we are on this program, March of 1990, as we've set you up for the 1990 ACC basketball tournament and the 1990 NCAA tournament. We figured since we couldn't take you through this year's, we might as well take you 30 years back and we'll do this for as many times as people are interested on the program. It's kind of fun. I mean, we we, we need to have fun, don't we? We can't watch current basketball. We might as well take a trip back. The ACC tournament that year, as I mentioned, played in the Charlotte Coliseum, now defunct in the Queen City. The quarterfinals, Clemson, the one seed, knocks off Wake Forest 79-70. Virginia, with the overtime upset in the 4-5 game, they beat North Carolina 92-85. Virginia, guided by Terry Holland that year, the UVA legend. Duke, the two seed, they've knocked off Maryland 104-84 in the 2-7 game, and Georgia Tech beat NC State 76-67 in the final quarterfinal. That sets up a Virginia Clemson semi, and the five seed who's knock off Clemson, the top seed, 69-66 in the semi, then Georgia Tech defeats Duke 83-72 in the second semi, setting up a Georgia Tech-Virginia final, the Ramblin' Wreck ACC champions, defeating UVA 70-61 to Brian Oliver, your ACC tournament MVP. And yes, that was broadcast over Raycom and JP Sports. Anybody remember Jefferson Pilot Sports and Raycom? I do. Of course, you should. They were still broadcasting up until last year. But anyway. An interesting note on that tournament, as of now, this is the only time that both teams in the ACC Tournament Final have been non-North Carolina teams. At least one North Carolina team has been in the ACC Tournament Championship every year that they've had it, except for that one. So a trivia-packed year already. The first and second rounds of the NCAA Tournament that year, this was back when we still had East, Midwest, Southeast, and West. The East Sites, the Omni in Atlanta, now gone. The Hartford Civic Center. The Midwest, the Frank Irwin Center in Austin. The Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. Rest in peace. Southeast, Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville. The Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, obviously. And the West, the Long Beach Arena in Long Beach. And the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Regional Semifinals and finals. The East, East Rutherford, New Jersey in the Meadowlands. And boy, was that the site of a game. We'll talk about that in just a minute. The Midwest Reunion Arena in Dallas, again, no longer with us. The Southeast, the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. And the West, the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena in Oakland. And we'll talk about the Final Four coming up, because that does have quite a bit of a bearing on what we're going to discuss in segment three. The East, UConn, the one seed. We'll talk about them in just a bit. They beat Boston University in the first round, 76-52. They beat Cal in the second round, 74-54. Then as you move down, you'll find two ACC teams in this bracket. We'll get to the second one in just a minute. Duke, the three seed. They knocked off Richmond in the first round, that by a score of 81-46. They then beat St. John's 76-72 in round two and moved on to the regional semifinals on the same deck in East Rutherford where you would find the other ACC representative that year. Clemson, the five seed in the East, beat BYU in the first round 49-47 then beat LaSalle in round two, that a 79-75 final, they would then face off against UConn. Now, if you want to know about that UConn team, that regional semi featured fifth-seeded Clemson, top-seeded UConn. The Tigers led 70-69 to with one second remaining before Scott Burrell found Tate George from the right side of the basket. And it sounded like this on WFAN Radio in 1990. And the Huskies will have exactly one second remaining in this ballgame to try and pull off a miracle. Just one second left. Burrell takes the ball, looking inbound, loops it far up court for George, who catches it, turns around, shoots, and... He got it! hit the shot and the Huskies have won it. The Huskies have won it. George hits the shot on the right side of the lane and UConn wins it 71 to 70. You know what the final was there. Thank you to WFN radio for telling us what the final was. Yukon knocks out Clemson In the Sweet 16 in 1990 on the Tate-George shot. Chances are, even if you weren't alive for that game, even if you didn't watch that game, you've heard about that shot at some point. Just two UConn scorers in double digits that day. Chris Smith, 8 of 14 from the floor. He had 23 points. Tate-George, 5 of 12. But one of those five was the biggest shot made all day. Tate George knocks out Clemson in the Sweet 16 in 1990. Three Tigers in double digits. Dale Davis, 15. Eldon Campbell, 15. Dale Davis, by the way, had 17 rebounds in that game. Seven of them offensive. And Sean Tyson had 11 for the Tigers. So Clemson knocked out in the Sweet 16. The team not knocked out in the Sweet 16 would be Duke. Duke defeats UCLA, 90-81, to then goes on to beat UConn, 79-78, in overtime. Duke to the Final Four. That Duke victory, three Blue Devils in double figures, Abdel Nabi at 27, Leitner 23, Henderson 21, in that game for Duke, who shot 39.1% from the field. And knocked out UConn to go to the Final Four. By the way, uh, three assistants you might recognize on that Duke team. Mike Bray, Tommy Amaker, Jay Billis. You probably know those names. Leitner, Abdul Nabi, Bobby Hurley, Brian Davis. Your NBA players off of that Duke team that year. If you go to the Midwest, you saw one ACC team end up in the Midwest, that being North Carolina. North Carolina knocks off Southwest Missouri State in the 8-9 game, 83-70 in round one. They then knocked off number one, Oklahoma, 79-77 in the second round before fourth seed Arkansas boat races Carolina, 96-73 in the regional semi. That regional semi, Carolina didn't have that bad of a game from the floor. They shot 42%, but Arkansas could not miss. 51.4% from the field for the Razorbacks. Lindsey Howell, 25 for Arkansas that day. Lee Mayberry with 19 and Todd Day with 18. You also had Oliver Miller come off the bench. You'll recall Oliver Miller if you're an NBA fan. He had 19 points off the pine for the Razorbacks. So North Carolina knocked out in the round of 16 in 1990. Rick Fox, Scott Williams, Hubert Davis, Pete Chilcutt, George Lynch, and Matt Wenstrom. I could have probably given you until next Friday, and you wouldn't have come up with Matt Wenstrom as a future NBA player. 0.9 points, 0.6 rebounds, 0.1 assists that year. The other ACC teams... That year, both ended up in the Southeast Regional. Georgia Tech, the four seed in the Southeast Regional, Virginia, the seven seed. Georgia Tech beat East Tennessee State 99 83 in the four thirteen game. They then knocked off LSU 94 91 in the second round, then bested Michigan State, the top seed, 81 80. In the regional semi. And if that weren't enough, Georgia Tech to the final four that year. Dennis Scott put up 40 as the Ramblin' Wreck beat Minnesota. Minnesota, the sixth seed that year. Georgia Tech 93 91 victors over the Golden Gophers. Virginia, meanwhile, beat Notre Dame in the first round of the 7 10, game 75 67 before falling, ironically enough, to Syracuse in round two. Man, they they couldn't escape Syracuse even before Syracuse joined the ACC. Virginia's had this thing with Syracuse, and that was in Richmond. Virginia loses to Syracuse in Richmond. Bryant Stith had 30. Wasn't enough. John Crotty, the third-team ACC performer, added 10 in that game. You'll also note that there were two future NFL players in that game for UVA. Matt Blunden, future NFL quarterback, had four points off the bench. And Terry Kirby, future NFL running back, appeared but did not score. Derek Coleman, 19. Billy Owens, 16. Steven Thompson, 14. For the Orange. So we've now gone through... All of the regionals, we have two ACC teams in the Final Four. How did they do, you might ask? We'll let you know right after this break. You're listening to Locked on ACC. We're in 1990 right now, and we have two teams in the Final Four. Stay tuned. We'll give you the exciting conclusion. Welcome back to Locked on ACC. March 13th, 2020, or... March of 1990. However, you want to think about it, if we take a trip back 30 years to look at the NCAA tournament and the ACC's participation in it in 1990. We mentioned we have two ACC clubs in the Final Four. The first one, Georgia Tech, where unfortunately the Ramblin' Wreck gets beaten by UNLV in the first semifinal 90 81. UNLV, with all of its starters in double figures, paced by Stacy Augman's 22, Dennis Scott, 29, for the Jackets, Brian Oliver, 24, Kenny Anderson, 16, wasn't enough for Georgia Tech. UNLV shot 52.3% from the field in that game. They were 34 of 65, were the Rebels. UNLV 10 of 15 from three. Georgia Tech, meanwhile, shot 51%, which is a respectable effort, just not enough to hang with the running Rebels. The other semifinal, Duke defeats Arkansas 97-83. You look at the Duke scoring in that game. Henderson had 28. Abdul Nabi had 20. Leitner, 19. Robert Bricky 17. Go check out Robert Bricky highlights at some point. Bobby Hurley only had three. He was 0 for 2 from the field and hit three free throws. Todd Day, 27 for the Razorbacks in a losing effort. Duke shot 54.1% in that game. The Blue Devils only took nine threes, they only hit three of them. And then there were two UNLV and Duke. In the McNichol Sports Arena in Denver, which is also no longer, if we're talking about defunct arenas. The Rebels and the Blue Devils for the title. In what is the most lopsided Final Four victory, National Championship victory ever. UNLV 103, Duke 73. UNLV 41 of 67 from the field against Duke. UNLV only placed three scores in double figures. Anderson Hunt, who went on to become the most outstanding player of the tournament, scored 29. He was 12 of 16 from the floor. Larry Johnson, Grandmama, he had 22, 8 of 12 from the field, 4 of 4 from the line. He had 11 boards, too. Stacy Ogman, 12 points in 26 minutes, 6 of 7 from the field for UNLV. Duke, meanwhile... Phil Henderson, 21, Leitner, 15, Abdel Nabi, 14, Duke, just 26 of 61 from the field. So Duke makes it to the national championship in 1990 and falls to UNLV, who has still not won another national championship since, but it did that year under the legendary Jerry Tarkanian. The all-tournament team that year, Stacey Ogman. Anderson Hunt, Larry Johnson of UNLV, Phil Henderson of Duke, Dennis Scott of Georgia Tech. Henderson had 49 points and 10 rebounds in the tournament. Dennis Scott, the scoring leader in the tournament, he scored 153 points, averaged 30.6 in the tournament. So there you have it. We don't have one shining moment to share with you or anything like that. But if you want to see the one shining moment montage for 1990, I'm sure it's around. Tell you what, why don't we do this again? Because we don't have any basketball to tide us over. We don't have any spring sports at all to tide us over. So since we're all in the NCAA tournament mood, why don't we relive some more of those tournaments coming up on Locked on ACC? What do you think? If you're interested, send me a tweet at LockedOnACC on on Twitter. Send an email, LockedOnACC at gmail.com. If you want to look back at a certain specific tournament, we'll take you on a journey back through those tournaments and you can kind of feel as though you're getting your NCAA tournament fix. We'll get through this, everyone. Trust me. And with that, that brings to a close... One of the strangest weeks we'll ever see. As sports fans, this has been Locked on ACC. Have a safe weekend, everyone. See you back here Monday. Enjoy. Love you. Mean it. (laughs)